Let's go. Let's go. It's still recording. Good morning. I know. I know. I see that we're recording. <laughs> good morning, everyone, or good evening, depending on where you are. Welcome to Cloud Dialogues. Episode four? Yes, correct. Yes. Episode, episode four. <laughs> we're not even in the double digits yet, and I'm confused about how far along we are which is a bit of a worry uh anyway it's early it's early in the morning for me yes it is yes you've had a bit more time to wake up with it being like eight o'clock there and and, you know having said that it is 10 o'clock here so there's really not much of an excuse um so today's podcast is about cloud migration strategies um so what we're going to talk about is Obviously, as executives, it's really important that when there are significant changes going on in our environment, whether we're talking like a people environment or an IT environment, that we really understand what's going on um, in order to make sure that we can continue to, to deliver on our business goals and, and, and maximize the delivery as much as possible. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to dive into as as non non tech. We're not going to go down a technical hole, um, <laughs> but we're going to dive into the different approaches to cloud migration, with I'll the three not. key ones obviously being. I'll try not to. <laughs> I'll um. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm here to to pull you out of that hole, Matt. Um, so we'll go through the three approaches to cloud migration, which are primarily rehosting, refactoring, and rearchitecting, um, and how to choose the right strategy for your specific business needs. Obviously, cloud migration is the process of moving our data, applications, and workloads from an on-premise environment or legacy systems to that cloud-based infrastructure. And, and choosing that migration strategy, making sure that we choose the right migration strategy for the workload or the application that we're trying to migrate is going to be critical for the success of that transition. Um, and it's really important that both IT and non-IT executives really understand those strategies and the potential implications and risks associated with those strategies. And then um, what we're also going to do is talk a bit about... Um, the, the the other three R's, um, which are, you know, and, and anyone from AWS or Azure or GCP, maybe just turn off your, <laughs> just turn off the podcast when you get to this section. Uh, but I think, I think it's a reality for a lot of organizations is that, you know, in terms of like, there will be some instances where it's just not practical to migrate certain workloads. Um, so we'll go through the other three R's, which is retire, retain, and repurchase. Um, cause I think it's important that, you know, obviously, obviously in an ideal world, we get everything transitioned to cat cloud, but for most enterprises, it's just not a reality, um, for whatever sort of circumstances they're facing for each individual workload. All right. Free hosting, Georgia. Rehosting. Rehosting. What's rehosting? What do you want to ask me? Uh, well, I think a lot of people would call rehosting a lift and shift. So if yep. you hear that terminology, I think that's an important important thing to call out is if you're hearing people in your organization say lift and shift, they're referring to rehosting. 
Yep. And it's it's kind of, in a way, it's the simplest because it requires less effort from your infrastructure teams because it's basically taking an image of your system and uploading it to the cloud and starting up a new system with that image and away you go. Sounds simple in theory, but, you know, there's some... There's always some gotchas. Um, you've got to know your app dependencies. <laughs> you've got to know your app dependencies. Um, and your app interactions, you've got to be careful not to split out, you know, your application, if it's talking to other systems between on-prem and cloud, which, you know, could cause issues. So um, from a latency perspective. So there are still some things that, that you've got to sort of be, be careful of. Yeah, and obviously different circumstances for each workload or application, right? Like, I think when we refer to lift and shift, it seems like it's just one of those like really easy things that we can do. For, and and in some instances it is, right? But in other instances, like you might have applications that are talking to like legacy databases that then, oh, well, we actually can't find a practical way to like make them connect or or maybe even like forget about, you know, we, we didn't discover them through the course of that review, initial review. Therefore, you know, we've got to take some old, data and throw it into RDS or in, in, into a relational database to in order to enable the migration. So I think it's it's important to note that lift and shift, it sounds like it's a simple, fast thing, but in a lot of instances, it's just not a reality. Yeah. And also be careful of servers that are hosting multiple applications on the same host. Um, if you start, if you move a host that's got, you know, five apps on it, you got to make sure that, that you're aware of all those applications being moved over and all the implications around that. So, you know, making sure everything's you've you've got those dependencies locked down and you're aware of it. Otherwise, you might have to move some of those applications off first before you move move the host. Um, the other thing is people use sometimes use VMware on one of the major clouds. That's another way. So yes. free hosting can be one of two ways. You can either go to native um, VMs in Azure or EC2s in AWS, or you might have hosted VMware on one of those clouds. Actually, all, all, all the main clouds provide a hosted VMware option. And sometimes that could be even easier to migrate because you can almost, you know, copy paste your server from one place to the other it's not quite copy and paste it's and what, what's vmware matt oh vmware is the <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know <laughs> vmware is the the hypervisor that's probably in your data center today so that's running all your virtual machines in your data center so it's basically a, it has a hypervisor and it runs all, all your vms and you can not only run that in your data center, but you can run that in the cloud as well. So if you're running the same sort of hypervisor in both environments, you can transfer those images across pretty easily, although there's a bit of a cost involved from a VMware perspective, because you've got to pay for much larger machines in cloud to be able to host that. If you're exiting a data center, it's kind of the, the tool of choice because you need to do it quickly, and it's usually the, the fastest way to do it. Okay. Just one other thing around like, um, obviously a lot of organizations have, you know, like a desire to move to cloud 
quickly or to like accelerate their transition to cloud and, and lifting and shifting can be a great way to do that. Um, I can't remember where I was going with this. <laughs> we better keep this here. I've lost my train. I've completely lost my train of thought. Um, a lot of organizations have a desire or perhaps are triggered by a desire. A tr the, the, the decision to move to cloud is triggered by a desire to enable them to innovate faster. Right. Would you agree, Matt? Yeah. So and, and in order to accelerate that journey, we need to like get on to cloud first, right? Yep, yep. And it allows it, you, to, yeah. It allows you I'm to- I'm gonna say what um, you're gonna say. Uh, it allows you to um, uh, keep your systems as they are, but in the new environment, once you've moved your stuff over, then you can start tweaking your applications. Um, or, yeah. And then it just, we're using that migration journey as like an opportunity for learning as well. Right. Yep, exactly. And getting your operation. Even, even if it is, yeah, even if it is lifting and shifting, like obviously the goal is always to, to modernize and to, to move faster and innovate faster. Um, but sometimes in order to get there, we have to get things more migrated quickly, um, especially, you know, for organizations that are like just starting. Um, yep. Especially around, um, also if you've got legacy systems that you need to get off, you know, you might have legacy hardware you need to get off. It's a good opportunity to yes migrations and getting your team some experience in the cloud while, while you're at it. Yes, it's a, um, yeah. And some, some, some of us are running a timeline, right? It's like, well, we need to exit on premise by a certain date. And, and, and this is the way to get there for the most part, yeah. whilst obviously it's not the most modern approach. It enables us down the line. Yeah, for sure. Um, we can move to refactoring. Replatforming. Refactoring. So, refactoring or replatforming, however you want to call it, it's kind of the same outcome where you can make adjustments to your application to optimize it for cloud infrastructure. Uh, that might mean as simple as switching from a hosted database on your server to a managed database in the cloud. It's, you know, the benefits there are huge because you don't have to do all the maintenance of your database because you're, you're using your, you're using AWS's uh, or Azure's managed databases. So your a database teams just have to deal with the application side of the database rather than the system side of the database. And it takes resources away from your servers, which you can use to, to run your actual application and business logic code. The other thing you can do around 
re-platforming is uh, using other managed services like managed message queues and things like that. So um, I guess it's 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 a step somewhere between re-hosting and re-architecting and gives you some benefits, you know, some benefits, some extra cloud benefits. And all the other, the other important thing is updating your operating system to a more current version as well. Are you talking about server operating system, Matt? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. server operating system could be running out of date in your data center and you can build new in cloud and then reinstall the applications. You might still have the same application code, but you've got a, you know, a more modern and patched operating system that's probably more Well, I think that's an important that's an important point as well, right? Um, is around security. Mm. Like where there is the opportunity to update operating systems, it's important to do that for security reasons, right? Yep. And sometimes licensing reasons too. But yeah, it's mostly, there's a, a lot of organizations get stuck on the older you know, Windows Server 2012, for example. Oh, totally. Yes. 1997. I've seen 1997 only a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yep. 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 Only a couple of years ago, I've seen 1997 yeah. servers. Um, so that's, yeah, so we want to, you know, look at those as soon as we can as possible as well, just to avoid security issues. Yeah. Um, but I think as well as that, Matt, and, and like, this is probably something you're, you're probably kind of familiar with is like, I think there are instances where we will go into like what we think is going to be a, uh, a lift and shift and it ends up being a replatforming. Because we, uh, as we get through that discovery phase, we find things that are co like connected to our applications or, or supporting our applications that, that need to be updated or optimized in order to enable the transition. Yeah. Yeah. That can happen for sure. It can also happen the other way where you planned to do a replatform for whatever reason. But it became too difficult mm -hmm. you couldn't get a vendor to yes. reinstall the software. <laughs> so you have to switch back to doing a lift and shift for, for whatever reason. So sometimes your plans yeah. get unstuck. <laughs> I've had that. As happen. with all IT change management, sometimes the plans don't go to plan. Exactly. A full re-architect can take a year or more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Significant piece of work. Even replatforms can take sometimes six months for complex ones. Six to 12 months yeah. sometimes. With like, there was one that I worked on that had 30 plus, oh, probably 50 plus interfaces. And so there had to be designs done for all of those. So it was like one application with all these, you know, different pieces uh, that had to be all moved over. 
So, but re-architecting can never end as well. So that's why there's got to be a clear business. No, absolutely. Around re-architecting. Yes. We always have to be thinking about what the future looks like and working to get there. And the last thing I'd say about re-architecting is that you can potentially have a higher cost in operations because teams, well, teams have to be retrained with the other brooches, um, with re-architecting. It's a lot, lot more complex. Uh, they need a lot more cloud skills and ability and there might be a steeper learning curve uh, for the team. So um, there's definitely business value in doing re-architecture. But, you know, that has to be weighed up totally. with the other, other things, other bits and pieces that you're going to take care of. Well, it's generally a significant piece of work, right? So we need to just make sure that the right level of planning and discovery is yep. put into those sorts of projects. Um, you know, before and during and probably after as well. <laughs> exactly. It'll never end. <laughs> It'll never end, Georgia. Um, the... No, no, well, that's it. It's endless, like, and it should be. If, if, we're not, if we're not thinking about the next thing, then we must be because we're going to be dead. <laughs> exactly right. That's, that's the only reason. That's the only reason. <laughs> Either as an organisation or as individuals. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll briefly touch on the other R's. So there might be reasons not to migrate. So retire, for example. I don't mean I'm retiring. For um, anyone from... AWS or Azure or GCP, you can just turn off the podcast now. <laughs> but they'll Everybody else, you, stay they? with us. <laughs> they'll even tell you some, some things might not, you know, need to be moved. There might be an application that you're not going to use. Some anymore. things might not be able to be moved. I know. Yes. And then there's no point migrating things that are going to be dead. Exactly. <clears throat> Um, an application could be redundant or um, an up, another application that you have might be taking functionality away from, you know, the app that you've marked as going to retire. Um, so it's the best migration to decommission it rather than actually move it. It's usually the easiest way to get your migration numbers up. It's still sometimes classed as a migration. Um, so retire as many as you can. Uh, scream test. <laughs> oh, there is the yeah. Scream test is valid. Turn it off. See if anyone screams. If no one screams, keep it off. Yes. One That's that I have used many a times. <laughs> many a times. <laughs> well, especially with 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 older organisations, right? Is that they've got stuff that people created a long time ago and is perhaps not mm -hmm. in use anymore but when we run asset discovery we can see it 
So if we can't see traffic going to and from it, well, then it's like, well, turn it off and see if anyone gets upset. And that's, and that's what we mean when we say scream test for anybody that's, that's not, that's not familiar with that term. You've got to hear the fear for the screams. A good way to get, a, a good way to get numbers on the board map. Exactly. It's a numbers game, Georgia. Retain. That's another good one. <laughs> um, keeping it on premises. You might not be able to move it. It might be some huge on-premises only data store that cannot be moved to the cloud for whatever reason. Licensing even. Sometimes there's licensing reasons why things can't be moved. Uh, or regulatory reasons. Although those reasons are becoming less and less. Yes. And why is that, Matt? Because. Why? Because. I think there was some news about that today, actually, in EMEA. Oh, there was, yes. So AWS announced the European Sovereign Cloud. Um, so what that, what, that, what that means is that AWS are going to run a completely European, EU-run AWS in the EU by EU employees for EU people to meet EU, European Union data sovereignty requirements. So completely isolated from the rest of AWS. So I expect our Euro cloud to be like very refined. <laughs> refined. AWS version two. Be very refined. And come with croissants. <laughs> croissants. Maybe, maybe it will. Well, the first one's in Germany, so it might come with um, sausages or something. Ooh. Pretzels. Are pretzels, pretzels actually German? I don't know. I think they are. I don't know. Our listeners will tell us if we're wrong. Send, send us feedback. <laughs> at the end of the show. <laughs> Uh, like, what about the sausages? <laughs> um, repurchase is the last R. Do you know what repurchase is? Or do you want me to tell you? Of course. <laughs> I know what it is. I don't know whether our, whether our audience knows what it is. <laughs> well, you like shopping, so it's similar to that, isn't it? I think you be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, yeah, you know, sometimes as IT executives, it's time to go shopping and, and, and that's what repurchasing is finding an off the shelf product to support the function that we're looking for. Yeah. It could be a new off the shelf product or it could be a SaaS product or it could be some other third party who's providing you this software to do whatever you want it to. And I can give you an example. Mm. An example is moving from self-hosted Confluence, for example, to the SaaS-hosted Confluence. So self-hosted Confluence, Confluence, for those who don't know, is basically an online wiki documentation system used by many organizations, but it requires VMs and databases to operate. So as soon as you move to a 
hosted version of that, then um, you don't have to migrate those servers. You can turn them off. You have to do a data migration to the SAS provider. But other than that, and SAS is software as a service, for those who don't know. Uh, you still have to do a data migration, but um, you get the benefit of being able to turn off servers when you're done with the migration. Yes, because it would generally anything we buy off the shelf is going to be cloud native yeah, or cloud. Usually. Especially these days. Yeah. So, Georgia, why is it important to understand these strategies if you're running a business and your IT function? Um, why is it important to, to understand these six R's? around for example your business I, think, goals. I think yeah i think as like business executives well i mean as uh, obviously our it executives are quite familiar with a lot of this content but as business executives i think you know understanding what the potential options are is really important when it comes to executing your migration strategies um because whatever whatever strategies you decide to use are going to have an impact on your business, right? Um, so it's important to have an understanding of what that could potentially look like and be working to, you know, mitigate those risks as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and it might be something as simple as like, you know, perhaps we have to deal with like outages for X period of time um, in order to enable the migration if we're looking to like re-architect but maybe the business benefit of doing that is going to be really well justified. Um, so yeah, it's definitely about, you know, finding a strategy that is going to, uh, align with our business goals. Sometimes that means, you know, short-term loss for long-term gain. Um, but, using the strategies in the right way to secure those cost savings, enable us to innovate and take things to market really quickly. Yeah. And the, um, keeping, keeping an eye on the skills and, and each of the, each of the, depending on your cloud objectives, how qu quickly you want your teams to be skilled up in the cloud. A lot of the time, um, you can align that with the, particular you know migration strategy that you've chosen for you know if you're a small shop it might be the same strategy for everything but if you're a larger organization you might have uh, different strategies for different apps and you can align the people who require the the specialist skills with the more complex ones and then you can align your more operational focused teams with the, the easier easier ones Either way, there'll be a skills uplift required, but it'll be different depending on which approach you take for the, for the migration. Cost, cost management as we go into and like get through that migration strategy is really important as well. Yep. Um, because, for a few reasons, partly because well, I think it's important to be mindful that as you as you transition to cloud, the way that those budgets need to look might change. 
Cost management. So yeah, so as, as we get through, as we get through the cloud migration journey, obviously the way that cost affects us as like executives running different parts of the organization, it might potentially change. So I think that's important to be aware of as well in, and then of course, factoring in any like potential inconveniences or additional labor or what have you that we might need from an operational perspective in order to that, to enable that transition, whether it be like, you know, oh, we we have to take on some more manual work whilst the changes take place or, or whatever it might be, right? Just a few points to think about. Yep. And and I'll I'll add to the cost discussion around um the a lot of the time the rearchitecture and replatform can actually end up costing a lot less than if you're doing a rehost because if you're using a lot of managed services, that usually works out cheaper, especially from not just from a, re, a cloud resource usage perspective, but from a people resource perspective, because you don't have to do a lot of stuff. So your teams are free to add more business value by doing other better things, um, more, value, more valuable things for your organization rather than mundane operational tasks. Absolutely. So that, that's another thing to keep in mind. So, um, in terms of like, in terms of speed and agility, obviously sometimes there are situations where as, or as an organization, we're under time pressure to get things done. Um, having said that, I do think that, you know, there's an argument to like making sure that we have a level of internal pressure, because if we allow, you know, an unlimited amount of time for cloud to happen, we're going to pay the price for it as organizations, I believe in terms of being, you know, um, fast innovators and market leaders and, yeah. you know, customer responsive. Yeah, for sure. Being able to yeah, get there quickly and learn quickly and iterate quickly is super, super important. And quickly can be different lengths of time for each organisation. Quickly for someone who's never been in cloud might be months, whereas quickly for someone else who they're a little bit more um, progressive, I guess, um, might be weeks. Yeah, totally. And then obviously, and, and I feel like we, we talk about this 24-7 is skills. Um, one more thing on skills. I do think that as you, you know, develop that migration plan, especially for like core applications, part of the consideration that you make as you go through the different stages of that project is how you will continue to skill your people. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's very important. Like as a, yes, yes. And, and being very like, uh, intentional about it. Um, obviously there's a plan for like, there's a plan for how we're going to execute the migration. Like there's a change management plan for that. Right. I also think we should have a change management plan in place for our people and for skills, both operationally yeah, and as part of it. Yeah. Cause cloud, cloud moves quickly, um, much quicker than when you're on prem. So you do have to keep up to date with all the latest 
you know, the changes and, and what's going on, even though not everything affects you. You don't have to be up to date on absolutely everything, but there needs to be a plan for, you know, being aware of new, new services that come online, which you might be able to take advantage of. Absolutely. Uh, quickly on compliance and security. Job zero, Matt. Job zero. Make sure that... Um, Job zero before we leave. Make sure you're working with your regulatory requirements around security. Um, you get a lot of lot better security in cloud. You, you build your solutions in cloud with least privilege access around network and roles. You'll end up being a lot more secure in cloud if you do it correctly. You can be insecure both in cloud and on-prem if you do it incorrectly, but um, the tools Absolutely. the cloud providers provide, the tools to be able to be secure uh, in cloud um, with a lot less effort, to be honest, as long as you uh, are conscious about it and make conscious decisions to, to be secure around your data and your access. So closing, um, cloud migration. So when you're doing a cloud migration, it's not purely IT decisions. They need to align your, your migration strategy needs to align with your business goals and your budgets um, and what you want to get from, from a cloud outcome. Uh, are you just migrating and not doing anything else? Uh, unlikely. Um, the more you can re-platform at least up front saves you time down the road um, re-host if you have to but you get a lot more advantage from you know re-platform as an initial step if possible to keep your applications current so um, making sure your executives both the IT and non-IT executives uh, are collaborating and making informed decisions around choosing the right strategy um, is, is very important and making sure that um, the right risk tolerances around your approaches um, are balanced with your goals um, and making the right decision for your organisation. So um, understanding all these different ways of migrations uh, is essential to be able to um, you know, be an effective leader in IT uh, in the, the current environment. So once you're in cloud, you can take advantage of all these other things like generative AI, which we discussed last episode um, and whatever, you know, there's always something new coming along that you can take advantage of once you're totally. ready. So if anyone wants to contact us, you can email feedback at cloud-dialogues.com or on the website at cloud-dialogues.com, we have a form that you can anonymously send your suggestions and feedback. And also, if you like the podcast, please leave feedback on the Apple Podcast app. So, yes, give us a rating. Give us a rating. Even if you don't some, like it, some comments. We would love that. Rating. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And then you can just send us an email with your angry comments <laughs> that's right and we'll do better next time <laughs> all right thanks georgia 
for another Thanks, week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Matt. No worries. See you. Bye. Bye.